Hey, it's EDB. That's Eric Deshaun Barrett for this Tuesday, 14 days into month 11, 2023. It's about time for us to get a two to it. Shorty loves it, yeah. Loves that I'm a dog. They don't want it, yeah. They scared of what I know. Told you the budget, yeah. I gotta get my own. Shout out my bros, this right here deserves a toast. Greetings and salutations, wherever this may find you. It is so good to be with you. I'm so excited to have this opportunity. As they will say down at the churches, once more and again, that we've come together to communicate. We've come together to celebrate. We've come together to elevate. We've come together to celebrate. I already said that word. Okay, cool. Uh, on behalf of the platform which you've chosen to consume this, I'm so grateful that you're here. And I ask that you do whatever is is necessary to make sure you get these pieces of business each and every time they are released to the internet. And then slide into someone's DMs. Make sure it's consensual now that you're sliding in and you're uh, that you have their permission. Don't don't use this to try to get back with your ex. She don't like you. He don't want you. So just let it go. Wait, I just want to talk to you. Maybe maybe you should listen to this podcast. You know, I just thought about you and I thought you should hear this. Yeah, no, they don't want to talk to you, dude. Just let it go. All right. It's good to be with you. Mr. DJ, ma'am, DJ, non-binary DJ. It's good to have you here as well. And we'll definitely uh, get to connecting with you on behalf of No Copyright Sound. I hear in these streets empowering creators through No Copyright Sound and royalty free music. Uh, I've been out for a couple of days. Uh, you might not have noticed it, but uh, got a little bit of the bug. And so I've been taking it a little bit easy here, trying to calm myself. But also it was more, I realized, in just a cold. Um, it was more of my whole emotional system just shutting down. And uh, so I had to take care of that, you know, I had to. Had to chill out and had to reevaluate some things. And, and, I, and I find myself confused. I find myself confused now because I, I really don't know what I'm really doing. You know, if you've ever been in a situation. Well, let me let me let me say it like this. Um, number one, it's not you. I'm talking to all the people who are going to work today. Uh, who's walking into a job and they're just literally beating their head against the wall. It's not you. The job's crazy. All right. You're not the one that's insane. You know, all of you who are looking at the reports or looking at the mission statement of the company and, and you're just going, <laughs> it, it's not you. This company's stupid. It, it, it's stupid. And so don't beat yourself up. Don't don't drive yourself down there to to one of them clinics to lay on one of them couches to have some shrink tell you i'm gonna tell you to save your money uh well i get free therapy <laughs> oh well great i'm so glad but save your time all right because it's not you they, all they do is they want to go they want you to go down to therapy because they want you to try to figure out they, they want to try to figure out how they can convince you how they can morph you into what they want you to be so they're going to tell you you're crazy they're going to tell you you need to seek help because you're just not getting it the way they want you to get it. And the reality of it is, is that what they're trying to present to you makes no sense. It's stupid, but they don't want you to think that they want you to think that you're the crazy one. And so that's why you're having headaches. That's why you are having extremely high amounts of pressure. Uh, your self-esteem is low. Your confidence is same because you're surrounded by folks who are trying to break you down until you either come to what they want or you just become nothing. <sighs> I've learned that in my, my moment of silence today. Now you're going to tell me, well, Mr. EDB, uh, that's all well and good, but um, I don't understand what to do differently. Well, I have, uh, this is where I focus on my, my sins today. Um, cause it's found out at the church that sadly all the preachers and, and the folks of sophistication 
spiritual sophistication will definitely agree if they're, if they're going to be honest that the answers that we seek are down at the church. So here's what we're going to do. I have come to the conclusion that there's two things that makes up a great society. The Constitution and papers and ideas that connect same, like the Federalist Papers, the Declaration of Independence, the Articles of Confederacy, all that good stuff. That is what makes up a good culture, a good society. But you know what makes up a good religious life or a good life? The Bible. On one side, you want to know how to live, you read the Bible. You want to know how to deal in society, you read the Constitution, you read the Declaration of Independence, you read the Articles of Confederation uh, or Confederacy. You read all these different texts that was put together by other uh, fathers and, and former uh, fathers of this nation. And those two ideas and ideals put together is going to make for a severe ingredient. Now, here's the other thing that I have come to realize. I, I was somewhere and I picked up one of them Bibles. One of them Bibles uh, that they leave in the hotels. The Gideons. You ever heard of them? The Gideons, they would leave these Bibles in the hotel drawers. I, I don't know how they got those in there, but they did it. And... Uh, the Gideon Bible, if you ever seen one, if, if yeah, that's, that's good. I was trying to figure out if I said that sentence correctly. If you've ever seen a Gideon Bible, what you what you have in those are the New Testament, but then you have two particular passages in the Old Testament. And then I notice something in all of your New Testament driven scriptures. Whenever they, they put those together, uh, they put all of the Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, all the way to Revelation. But then there's two passages or two parts of the Old Testament that are always in there. Psalms and Proverbs. And I've come to the conclusion that any answer you want in life, you're going to find it in Psalms and in Proverbs. Psalms was basically... Uh, a collaboration, a collection of texts. It's almost like the Federalist Papers. It's a collection of texts, many by David, just basically his therapy sessions out loud. Proverbs was uh, more the response, if you please. It was the therapist's instruction. Um, so you, when you read those two, I think you get a good ingredient, at least for me, uh, on how life works and how Here's the thing. There's some that's going to say, well, Eric, I disagree with you. Well, then great. This ain't for you. It was nice having a conversation with you. Maybe we'll find something down the road that we agree on. But for the rest of us who realize that the sacred text is all we have, for the rest of us that realize that what we are perceiving, what we are receiving in our brains, the revelation uh, the, uh, uh, yeah, we'll say that the revelation. I was trying to think about it with some other fancy schmancy word. It has been revealed to us, you know. So, what we're going to do today, uh, we're going to read Psalms 27. I got some things now. Now, we're not going to read the whole text. Um, so please, if you would like to open your Bible apps or you may have the Bible downloaded in your books, uh, your books app. If you haven't one of them Apple products, God bless you. You got that stuff downloaded. Go ahead and get that out. Uh, or you just, you know, want to go pick up Old Faithful. That's that's the that's the text that that, you know, the battery is not going to die on, that, you know, the light's not going to go out on if you don't uh, touch it fast enough. It's, it's black and white and in print. And the only thing that can get messed up if you spill tea on the pages. God, don't dis don't desecrate that book. That being said, open up to Psalms 27. And we're going to read that in just a few moments. We're also, I'm going to go back. Now, I did something before. And I must apologize to you. Because what I did was not right. Uh, what I did was I skimmed through. 
I want to go back and we're going to take, we took these Federalist Papers one by one, but I want to go back and actually take them and dissect them until there's nothing left. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to read Psalms 27. That's going to be the first half. And then we're going to dissect the Federalist Papers. We're going to go all the way back to number one. We might go back earlier than that. I don't, I don't know how we feel about it. You say, what do you mean by earlier than that? Well, we might go back to uh, part of at least a couple of my texts have a preface. You know, they explain what the whole thing was about. We might go check that out. You know, we, we look at it. But but for the most part, we know for certain. We don't need to go. Yeah, we, we don't need to go look at that preface. That's that's opinionated. We just need to stick to the text. All right. Let's see. That's why I keep you around because you can you can keep me grounded. I appreciate you. Speaking of who keeps me grounded. That's Mr. DJ, Madam DJ, non-binary DJ over there. No copyright sound. They're out here in these streets empowering creators through no copyright sound and royalty-free music. Uh, They're going to be uh, giving us some love in between our texts here. And so our time of communicating. And so uh, Mr. DJ, Madam DJ, non-binary DJ, as we get ready, the people are going to go and get their Bibles and so forth and get all geared up. Uh, you put something in here to uh, so we can uh, transition on into this book. How about that? Huh? Yeah. Everything you want, but you can't have. No more regret, no takebacks. The hole in your chest, that's payback. Payback, and you better take that. You could call me selfish, you critical, I could take the blame. Just like I could take a match and send it up the flame Don't say I didn't want to be inspired by that's just karma mm, Better take that So here is what I am hoping uh, that my words will not influence you, that you will get out of the text what you see, that what my words are would, well, just be that. These are my words. And uh, when you read this text, uh, I hope that you read it as a letter. 
Okay. Don't look at it as the Bible. Don't look at it from uh, the hoobla of religion. Well, you know, that book was, you know, we don't really know if that's the real text or not. Well, don't even pay no attention to that. Just look at it as if your cousin was writing you a letter. Right. How would you feel? If you read this letter from your cousin, that's the way I'm looking at it. David is considered, he's a human being. And since we're all humans, then that makes us related. We are related by the human race. Uh, so he is a cousin. And my cousin wrote Psalms 27. Now let's get into what I saw as we're reading this here. My, my revelation, if you please. The first thing I want to talk about is what I said was my sin that I wanted to confess to you. For so long, I found myself looking to people for support and validation. I've sought them for guidance to show me what I've already known. Most importantly, to tell me what I've already known. It has been disappointing because they're incapable of helping me, of truly giving me what I seek, and most of all, of delivering me from this pit we as a people find ourselves in. You ever thought about it from a perspective of this? If this is something else to add on as I was thinking here. A lot of the frustration that is going on in our culture today comes from this reality. Most folks don't know what's going on. They don't know how to fix anything. They, they, it, it, especially politicians. Politicians don't know a damn thing. They're just trying to navigate. And I know, okay, before I go, well, yeah, 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 yeah I know. Because to some degree, I guess I can call myself one of them. You're swinging in the dark. You're batting for the fences. You're hoping that what you're trying to pull off is actually going to work. But truth be told, you, you, no, dude, you, no, you just don't have it. The second part, as we move on here, because I don't want to uh, get all off subject. This idea of a stronghold. Now, when we go read, it says the Lord is the stronghold. What is that? Stronghold. This is a very interesting question. I think about my homies on the block. They got real faith. You ever, you ever seen the brothers on the block out there selling drugs, you know, doing, doing, you know, corner stuff. Huh? They believe bros going to come through when it matters most. Right. You, you believe it. Y'all in the gang, all y'all gang, all y'all gang homies, you know, big Sean say he going to slide through. He got you. You're going to believe it. You're going out there. Never you mind that, you know, seven niggas got shot yesterday on the same corner that he just sent you on. But, you know, he told you he got you. What happened to the seven niggas that, that he had yesterday? Never you mind. He got you. And the reality of it is them brothers going to go out there and they going to still do what they do because they believe that homie got them. I, I ain't mad at him. So what I am mad about is if these dudes can have faith in mortals, in people who A, did not create them, nor anything around them, who has no power really to do anything. I mean, they got street power. They can, they can you know, bully themselves. They can, they can fluff it, but, but actually create change and they can't do anything. And yet they have significant amounts of influence and significant amounts of power. What about the creator of the universe? When he says, you know, how about you just let me handle this here? Believe in me. Does this sound like a sermon? Because I don't want it to sound like a sermon. I, I want it to kind of sound like it's just a, a, a moment of revelation. Like, huh, I trust this person who ain't. I mean, I'm not, I don't want to say they're not shit, but compared to God, they ain't shit, right? And I believe that they can do anything but fail. But when it comes to this other being, 
I'm like, no, no, I'm good. You know, that's 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 not that's not a thing for me. I'm I'm good. <sighs> I think about some people's in my life, or who have been in my life. I think about all the folks who swore they'd run me out of town. The folks who felt they knew more than me or could do more than me. Where they at now? Yep, yeah, yeah, my, my, my aunt Mama Stacy told me that I don't process enough and, and, and to her credit I she's a yeah, I don't. But I'm trying to I'm trying to understand Aunt Mama Stacy. This idea of processing, right? What does this mean? And and part of that processing, if you please, is is sitting down and going, huh, well, where are those people who at one point made me believe or had me thinking that, that they literally could destroy or they could stop or they could remove me? Huh? Where are those people? You know, I didn't I didn't read the Elon Musk book and to some degree I should go back and reread it. I put it in the DNF file. But to really think about people like him, good, bad, or indifferent, these are guys and gals who have understood the principles that Brother David is speaking of. David's saying here, he's like, listen, I know that my faith, that my hope that these people who are trying to say whatever, they don't matter to me. They don't matter to anybody. And when they come, there's always something else. In this case, we believe it's our faith that can help us. And so we don't sweat over the BS, right? Now, as much as people may think, I, I am not a very elaborate guy. I'm pretty simple. I only wanted one thing. I wanted to uh, do what I love to do and make a career out of it. Wanted to have a nice family. Uh, dog, got that. Have my own place. We we good with that. And uh, and as for retirement, I, I, I haven't thought that far. Right? But here's the thing that that I understood about people's desires. Because I used to ask the question. We talk about this. Me and mama talk about this all the time. Like People stay in church all day. It don't make no sense to stay in church all day. But the question that I asked of those folks is, well, where are they going? You're talking about poor people who, A, uh, take Norfolk, for example. Outside of Pharrell, and he wasn't even here in Norfolk. And, and even his program wasn't really about black people because in order for him to get it through, he had to, you know, you know, he couldn't just do a black program, you know, like Steve Harvey did the hoodies and the neighborhood awards. And, 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 and even even it was like Lavelle Crawford, I think it was said, oh, you change it from the hoodies to the neighborhood awards because you had to get some damn sponsors. I see what it is, your corporate sellout, you know, and, and, and they laughed about it. But the truth of the matter is that's the reason why they did it. So Pharrell was the only one that came close to anything in this town in a long time being completely or having somewhat of a connection to black people. So where are they going but to church? Where should I go? Mm, where should I go? Seeking a refuge for my soul. I am finding a friend. Who will keep me to the end? I said, where should I go but to the Lord? That's what them black folks saying. You know why? I just told you why. They had nowhere else to go. Them white folks weren't going to help them. Matter of fact, every time they looked at them, they were helping them. They were hurting them. Forcing them to clean their they stoves and they... Uh, you, you get it. I ain't got to take you that. This part, where I'm heading now, 
This is where why I do what I do. Because, you know, I do these programs, these podcasts. And I ask folks, I say, did you listen to the podcast? I, you know, Eric, you know, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't have time to listen to those things. And you know, it's fascinating to me because they call me to these meetings, some of them. And they'll say, well, Eric, what should we do? And I'm like, did you hear my podcast? No, I don't have time to listen to that. Okay, so so you expect me inside of these five to ten minutes to explain to you something that literally took me an hour to explain on the podcast. Well, you need to make it shorter. Some Okay, all right, all right, calm. I understand now why Brother David asked for the Lord to hear him. Because here's the thing. God is the only person. Now, this may sound like a preacher message. I uh, Well, uh, I don't know if preacher message makes sense. It may sound like a sermon. That's what I want to say. Well, a preacher message might work. This is why David basically had to say. Now, I, I don't know. We, we David and I haven't had a conversation. We got plans for, you know, when I find myself in that, that, that secret place. Uh, I don't know when we, we're going to be able to fulfill those plans. You know, there's no... Uh, current uh, reservations set, you know, aka I don't plan to die anytime soon, even though sometimes I feel like I should, but whole nother conversation, no, don't call the folks, I'm alright, but when I do have that conversation with David, maybe he can help me understand whether or not I got this right or not, because when he said, hear me, be gracious, basically he's saying, listen, can you, can you actually take the time to give a damn about what's going on inside my head. Because these other motherfuckers don't. I, I, I'm sorry to say it like that. But they don't care. They just want to hear what they want to hear. And good, bad, or indifferent. I really don't have time to try to figure out why. But for some reason, they just everybody wants to be heard. And the problem is, when everybody's screaming. It's, it's enough to give. Just thinking about it gives me a headache. And I know when I come to you fussing and cussing, you, you got a headache too. You know, it's like, oh, Jesus, we got to listen to this again. I know. I feel your pain. That's why we have to promote people taking personal times with their creator, taking meditations, daily meditating, going out there and, and walking on the dirt or sitting on the side of the porch or some quiet alone time. Not just to to sit there and 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 well, I'm not. I don't know what you're doing when you're out there sitting, so I'm not going to uh, take a dump on it. But taking your casting your cares on your Creator, hear me when I call. It is so refreshing and fulfilling when I know that a whatever bothers me, whatever ails me. That I can take it to the Lord. He will listen to me. I can have my time of personal meditation. Quiet relaxation and reflection. And then leave it there. Leave it there. Leave it there. Take your shit to the Lord and leave it there. You can flush and never doubt. It won't back up in your house. Take your shit to the law and leave it there. <laughs> Let me get on. What else I got here? I, I don't know where my daddy is. I've never. Well, that's not true. I saw him once. I saw him when I was 17 years old. We was in juvie hall. We was in the middle of a custody battle. Well, I was. Well, I guess I was. I was the, the subject of the custody. Uh, or should I say the subject of the battle? And he and grandma, uh, my mother was there. More, more of the story is this guy came out of court and literally walked right by me like I didn't exist. <sighs> it crushed me. I went home, got into bed with grandmother. And I cried. I cried 
I cried. And she sat there and she just rubbed my head. She said, sugar, it's going to be all right. I couldn't understand what I had done to deserve this man to literally walk by me as if I wasn't even there. Grandmother told me, she said the scripture said, and I don't know if she told me where it was. I don't even know if she knew where it was. Because, you know, sometimes we, we've reread scriptures all our life. We can't remember where they are. We just know they're there. But she said, you know, when your mama and your daddy abandon you. And that's basically what it was. My daddy abandoned me. But she said, God cares about you, baby. And he's going to help you. He's going to provide for you. He's going to give you good life. He's going to give you good success. Now, we were taught that, well, that good life and that good success is over on the other side. I'm going up yonder. That's what we was taught. But the text says that you will get good life and good success before you get up yonder. David, I am certain that this I will see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living. I just got to wait. I got to wait. I got to be strong and let my heart be courageous. But most importantly, I just got to wait. Mr. DJ, Madam DJ, non-binary DJ, how about you give us something that we can uh, like wait for? Waiting room music, you know? Like if they call you and you understand. It's right
So when you think about what's going on in our world today, when you look at states like Texas, states like Florida, states like Indiana, Arkansas, uh, Mississippi, things that were trying to pop off in Ohio, up in Kentucky, even here in Virginia, what you're finding is what Mr. Hamilton uh, prophesied about nearly, uh, what, almost 200 years ago. Uh, his argument was, as he wrote this number eight uh, in the Federalist Papers, or should I say Federalist Paper number eight, he spoke about the struggle. Uh, what does he call this right here? The consequences of hostilities between the states. I mean, if you think about it, what are we dealing with right now? You're dealing with people like Governor Hot Wheels. You know him as Greg Abbott out there in Texas. And what he did when he got tired of the immigrants piling into his state, he decided to put them all on buses and uh, drop them off in front of uh, Vice President Kamala Harris's home in Washington, D.C., and you got uh, old DeSantis uh, down there in Florida. I was trying to figure out something crazy to say about him. But he's down there with Matt Gates and all those boys and girls. Uh, go up north a little bit. You got old Marge. She's still doing things in this world. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so you got these states that have decided that because they are... Uh, independent of the whole system that they can do things in their respective locales uh, that would uh, distinctly uh, set them apart from the whole uh, unified union or from just the union. Let's not just talk about unified, just, just from the union in general. And so what this argument is is focusing on is focusing on the importance of how this campaign if you please of disunity just does not work you think about in the case of war one of the hard things that uh, i look at and, and it's something that i have been thinking about uh, diving into more and just haven't gotten there yet is the issues with the alamo down there in Texas, how how good would that have been? Now, granted, you're going to tell me something, and, and, and you have legitimacy to tell me what you're going to tell me. What are you going to tell me? I'm going to tell you what you're going to tell me. You're going to tell me, well, Eric, at that time, Texas was uh, a part of Mexico, and so the United States really couldn't get involved because uh, I get all that. But, there's a reason why Texas is considered the Lone Star State. I mean, you think about it. Where did Juneteenth come from? Juneteenth come from or came from, should I say, the reality that Texas, once again, was late to the party of liberation. That Abraham Lincoln had signed the Declaration of Independence somewhere between Washington, D.C. And uh, where is the capital? San Antonio, somewhere in there? Somewhere between those two uh, major points, uh, <laughs> it took about two years, uh, and so yeah. So Texas has always been this 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 thing, but that's neither here nor there. What we want to talk about is the prophecy, and I don't even know if it was a prophecy or more so just an all right an outright reality to what had already been going on. Mister Hamilton is saying, "Listen." We have a guidebook here. We've seen what happened in Europe. We've seen what happened with the dawn of civilization and all these other things. And, and, and he's, he's painting this picture like, look, if you just read these papers and then compare it to basic history that we already know, why will we continue to go down a path 
that literally leads in the same direction that we already know has ended poorly. So in this text, in this this uh, eight, number eight, this letter eight, he speaks out against uh, issues like we dealt with in January six. Uh, it says, let me read this to you. The smallest of armies. No, let me read it right. The smallness of the army renders the natural strength of the community an overmatch for it. I want to read that again because I don't understand it. The smallness of the army renders the natural strength of the community an overmatch for it and and the citizens not inhabited. Okay, I don't care. Uh, this part I do understand. The army under such circumstances may usefully aid the magistrate to to uh, to suppress a small faction or an occasional mob. Watch this or insurrection. That's all that other stuff. Please forgive me. I was trying to get into the other details that I really need to get to. But that one part right there sold the whole deal. That that what the federal government can do is the federal government can work as a a benchmark, if you please, to help. But 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 before we get to that, think about what happened. Think about what happened on January 6th. You had Maryland. You had Virginia ready to. I think they had people maybe in other, I can't remember all the other states that was, that was ready to link up. And I know Maryland and Virginia was one and West Virginia might've been in there. I don't want to give any of things away, but we know those two at the time it was governor Ralph Northam in Virginia. And, uh, what was it? Hogan that was in, uh, in, in, uh, Maryland at the time, but he couldn't do anything because the president wouldn't release him. The president, has the power to release the National Guard. He wouldn't release it. Now you talk about a president. Who could be. Or should I say a could be president. Who his focal point is to take everything. That Mr. Hamilton. And and Madison. And John Jay. And all those boys and girls. And just rip it all up into shreds. Now. The argument to that is. That the reason why these papers. And or these papers. That was written. The reason why they were written was to paint the picture that without this document known as the Constitution, the Constitution is the bedrock for everything these states united. Martin Luther King said on one occasion, he says, we don't need new laws. We just need to enforce the ones we already have. The Constitution works for us all. The problem is the Constitution is not being enforced the way it is supposed to be. And then, no, there is no end then. Let's just get to the question. If the Constitution is not a good document, if the Constitution doesn't work, then why do you have agents trying to destroy it? Why do you destroy something that don't work? If it's not working, then you just don't use it. You know, it's like a car is just sitting there. Why would why would I try to do anything about a car that's not doing anything for me? I just I just ignore it or a person is not doing anything. I just ignore it. But if that person is a threat, if that entity is a threat, then I want to try to get rid of it. The reason why Mr. Trump wants to get rid of the Constitution and his friends wants to get rid of the Constitution is because with it sitting there, it serves as a threat to their agenda so that's why we read these papers now i said i was going back to number one i don't really need to you can go and and, and listen to them. we got them all on tape uh, we could just keep on going here because it's, it's pretty much the same thing that we read we're we're eight in now and it's pretty much the same thing defending the reality that we need one document this document known as the Constitution as the bedrock to support us in our quest to be a unified nation. That is the point. And in this particular piece right here, in this text, 
this number eight, talking about the consequences of hostilities. That means when we fight each other. That's why we need this constitution to help us when we fight within our amongst ourselves. The stupid thing. Think about down there in Michigan. A couple years ago, we was in the pandemic. And uh, what was it? Gretchen? I think her name was Governor Whitman or Governor Gretchen. Somebody, I don't remember her name was down there in Michigan. She might be still down there now. Uh, but think about when they was trying to hang her. They were trying to hang Ralph Northam because of his policies. And to some degree, they had to send in some. Well, they didn't send anything because we had a president at the time who didn't care. Um, but they were burning down the Capitol, trying to burn down the Capitol buildings. And they were marching on the Capitol buildings and so forth and so on. All these things is what Mr. Hamilton warned against in his letter. Huh? This is what happened when you have hostilities. And I, 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 it's amazing. Yes, it's amazing. My friend Sarah Downing wrote a little piece of business. She's out there in Asheville right now. But before she got there, maybe after she got there, I don't really know the details on that, so please forgive me. But she pinned a few interesting things 365 things that happened in the history of NFK. We want to read some of those things. We want to first thank her for doing that. Get this book anywhere you get your books. Uh, I found it in the Barnes and Nobles, by the way. But it's also in the Apple Books and anywhere. Like I said, you can get your books. Check this out. Today in Norfolk is what it is called. Uh, on this day in Norfolk, Virginia history, actually, is what it is called. So go ahead and check that out. Sarah Downing. We're going to read what she had in mind, what she wanted us to know today in NFK. Let's go ahead and turn to it. Today in NFK, November 14, 1883, cotton burns in warehouse fire. We're burning some cotton. All the black people ready to shout. All right, calm your nerves. Calm your nerves. Let the spirit calm you down. 4,000 bales of cotton waiting to be shipped to Boston aboard the steamer Gaston burned at the Norfolk and Western Depot in a massive fire that also destroyed large quantities of lumber and miscellaneous freight. The blaze broke out in a Norfolk and Western warehouse and quickly spread to nearby buildings. The company's wharves were badly damaged in the blaze and loads of freight were seen floating out with the tide all up in the, the Elizabeth River. I don't know if that's true or not, but uh, tugboats along the waterfront aided in keeping the fire under control. Yeah, 1980-83. That was about 101 years before I was born at DePaul Medical Center in Norfolk, Virginia, which they now decided to do. Okay, we're not going to get into that. All right. November 14, 1883. Today in NFK, Sarah Downing wanted us to know that. Talk about cotton. I can't get over that. Is this what the black people start shouting? Because, no, they're not going to shout because they're mad. Because all that cotton they picked and that's on fire. And they're going to make them go out and put in the Okay, I understand. All right, we're going to let that go. I spent some time with you earlier. We talked about spending time in the Psalms. We talked about how Psalms was a series of letters uh, from David. And how Proverbs was more of... Uh, the the therapist's response. If if Psalms was David laying on the couch, expressing his feelings, then Proverbs was the therapist responding to those feelings. But then you go into the New Testament and and you get these well seemingly self-explanatory uh, verses. Even though some of those things that Paul talks about may or may not make sense, there's there's these other parts that 
like in the first installment of John. Uh, you have the gospel according to John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But then uh, in the back of the book, getting closer towards the end, you have uh, the first of three sections that John wrote or books that John wrote. And in John number one, chapter two, verse 19 is where I would like to draw your attention if I can. John, number one, or as you would know, first John, or as Donald would say, one John, chapter two, verse 19, self-explanatory these words. If you got it, say amen. I can't hear you, but you, okay, never mind. Uh, verse 19, it reads, CSB version, Christian Standard Bible is what that means. They went out from us, but they did not belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. However, they went out so that it might be made clear that none of them belongs to us. It could be considered self-explanatory, but just in case you don't really think about or understand what that means, that basically just says, listen, stop trying to chase people that have already decided they do not want you in their world. Stop trying to chase people who have already decided they don't want to be in your world. As a matter of fact, this is a great opportunity for us to take a pause. I don't know where I heard it, but I feel like I it was a preacher that said on one occasion, he was like, look, let's take the moment and just release these ideas and ideas. Yeah, it was. It was Bishop Blake. Bishop Blake was preaching a service. Of course, that's what he does. He preaches. Well, he used to. Uh, but he was preaching a sermon. And during this sermon, he, he said he was conducting a mass funeral and his mission was to take everything that bothered you, everyone that bothered you and throw it down into this casket, this proverbial casket. I would like for you to think about all the folks that you're looking through your phone and you're trying to still figure out why they don't want to be bothered with you, why they still don't like you. Why don't we go ahead and just just hit that delete button on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, wherever. It's not Twitter anymore. It's X. Delete all of them, folks. And just. <sighs> Mr. DJ, Madam DJ, non-binary DJ. We need some what we call uh, funeral music. Actually, it's not funeral because we're excited. We're removing things from our life. We're removing people from our life. This is a great time. You know, and, and don't feel bad about it. Don't say, oh, you know, there's some, you know, Facebook. No, no, Facebook ain't had to do it. I don't want you around me anymore. I've already made up in my mind that you are just not worth my time. And stick to it. And be okay with it. All right? They're already gone. Why are you still holding on to them? Huh? All right. Mr. DJ, Madam DJ, non-binary DJ is going to put some here. And we're going to look through. You already know who they are. Just go ahead and get rid of them. All right.
With that, my friends, we're going to get out your hair. I'm going to get out your hair, but I guess we could say we. I don't. I don't really. I feel like there's other presence. There's a presence. The presence of the Lord is here. <laughs> ah. Anyway, uh, something else that I want to say on the way out the door. I know some of you may not know this, uh, but. Um, there was a great bishop. There's two bishops. Uh, the great bishop Carlton Pearson, who is uh, in, in what they call comfort care now, as he is preparing to, uh, as he says, he's getting ready to close out some things. And then there was uh, the bishop Sedgwick Daniels out of Milwaukee, uh, that he is, uh, well, He's already transitioned. And uh, these were two great pioneers. They have their roots uh, connected to what is uh, a denomination, a religious denomination known as the Church of God in Christ. Bishop Daniels was a member of the the board of directors, as you would know it. They call it the general board, but uh, in the business world, it would be called the board of directors. And uh He's one of those, he and Bishop Carlton Pearson are one of those bishops that uh, basically pioneered <laughs> with their hands. And and you don't have too many of those bishops, those those religious leaders, uh, shall I say, left that that scraped and clawed and uh, they didn't have anything handed to them if they did have something handed to them they took what was handed to them and then they maximized it you know people like bishop blake who took what his daddy left and maximized it people like bishop g e patterson who took what his daddy left and maximized it uh, i don't know where uh well i i, I there was a video that wait, wait a minute do I have that that video because I found this on the website and I just wanted to play this before because it was so very fascinating and I don't know if I'll ever hear this again so let me just well I don't know if we'll ever hear this anywhere again so it's kind of stuck off in the beginning so just just let this go okay here we go it's and supported as well as revered uh, first of all were faith uh, principles a faith in God my grandfather's philosophy that it can be done and the potential and possibility of so doing. We lived in West End uh, in Birmingham, which was one mile away from uh, the uh, notorious Bull Connors, the police of commissioners that actually placed dogs and hoses, etc., on uh, protesters and those individuals who were freedom fighters. So we were heavily engaged in social justice. We were situations and circumstances to help families through crises. Our concept of family was that everybody in the neighborhood, everyone in the community was part of the family. So whether it was biological or whether it was by relation, we all were a part. And that tradition continued uh, with my mother, my father, and my uh, paternal grandparents here uh, in Wisconsin and I, I wanted to play that was Bishop Daniels uh, and uh, yeah I, I just went to his web, web his, the church's website and they had that on there I don't know if they're going to take that down or not uh, because now that he's no longer here that they'll have to get a new pastor and that's going to be a, a interesting transition to see how that plays out uh, <sighs> Kojic churches <laughs> especially uh, a church like uh, Holy Redeemer Institutional Church is, I, I hate to say it, but uh, <laughs> it's, yeah, that that's like, that's like a preacher's wet dream to walk into a church that's that established and, and nine times out of ten have millions upon millions of dollars, at least in equity and property and so forth, just sitting there. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, go they're going to fight over that. At least somebody's going to fight over it. I don't know if it'll actually materialize, but uh, 
this is just how these games are played, and 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 I don't even. I'm just, I'm, it's, you know, there's a couple other people God could have took. You ever thought that sometime when people die? Like, you know, I mean, why you didn't call me to ask me who you, I mean, so, I mean, I, I, I understand that I'm not Jesus and, I, and I'm glad for, but, uh, but <laughs> I wanted to be consulted because this one over here, we could have let you have that one because that one, ugh. It's like he takes the good ones and leaves us with the bad. It's almost like the more it's almost like the rapture or uh the uh the what you call it, the tribulation days is just a slow burn. You, you ever thought that? Like he's slowly removing all the good people until there's nothing left but the but the ignoramuses. <sighs> yeah. So we'll talk about Mr. Pearson a little bit later on. Uh, there's there's going to be a funeral of, of Mr. Uh, of a Bishop in just a few moments, I'm sure. And we're going to pay attention to that. At least I am. And, uh, and we're going to learn more about Bishop here in a, in a few. But but that that was the, the big part about that that I wanted to, to say here because uh, I, I, I admired him from afar. And I think that uh, also there are a lot of things that was in his head that that. <laughs> If they were released, it hasn't. I, these old guys, there's a lot in them that we haven't heard. There's a lot of like I didn't know that he was a part of. I mean, I kind of guessed it, but to hear that he was a part of of the struggle of civil rights. I mean, he was born in 1959 in the South, you know, and 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 the the, the real resurgence of the real change in the culture didn't happen until almost 70. So you're talking 11 years old, maybe 12 years old before he even saw any type of relief. So his his adolescent years, his grammatic. <sighs> all right. All right. I'm, I'm going to get out of your hair. We'll do this again. Lord willing and that crick don't rise. Thank you for caring for your friends and family. Thank you for sharing with your communities. And most importantly, thank you for praying. Not just for the people who lace up the uniform of these states united, but civilized and uncivilized nations all over this world, especially the uncivilized. Lord, they got kids, they mamas, they daddies, they, they uncles, they aunts. All right. We'll do this again. I told you, don't forget about that damn crick. It could rise. But if it don't, Lord willing, we'll be back till the end. Laters. Might hit the club and I might stay out. Yeah. Little chicken on my brand escape, yeah. Fresh for the mall, got him checking me out. Yeah.